I love troubleshooting server issues. Said no e-commerce entrepreneur ever. <laughs> and that's why I'm personally migrating my stores to Shopify. Since Shopify is a hosted service, I can worry about growing my business versus troubleshooting problems. Like a Magento problem I had that logged every single customer interaction and brought my site to a standstill. I wouldn't have wasted a day troubleshooting that on Shopify. And compared to other hosted carts, Shopify has the largest ecosystem of developers and apps and the best architected design framework. Officially retire as a system admin, Shopify.com. Welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast, your headquarters for building a six figure plus e-commerce business. I'm your host, e-commerce entrepreneur and Jeff Bezos wannabe, Andrew Derry. Hey guys, it's Andrew here and welcome to the e-commerce fuel podcast. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Today, flying solo once again, I'm going to be talking about my biggest regrets in e-commerce uh, over the last, man, almost seven years that I've been doing this. So done a lot that I've been happy with, uh, but I've made a lot of mistakes as well. And looking back, what are the biggest things I would do differently change over that period of time? But before we dive into those, of course, as always, got to do a first sell shout out. And this one's going out to Abe from betterpatio.com where he sells outdoor furniture. And Abe writes in and says, I got my very first sale after deciding to go into the world of e-commerce and it's incredibly exciting. I want to share some valuable advice I can give for someone just starting out. And I was really impressed with these. You know, Abe gives three pieces of advice here and I don't know if I could give three better pieces of advice <laughs> to somebody starting out. His first one is once you break the ice and get your first sale, something magical happens. All of a sudden you get pumped up with so much fire to run to the top. It's incredible. And if you haven't had that first sale, getting there it just infuses you with, with so much momentum. Like he says, it's unbelievable. So if you can get to that level, so, you know, at some, at some point, getting that first sale is the hardest and it really does something to you. Secondly, he says, I had so many ups and downs within the last eight months. I mean, talking about especially emotionally where I felt like giving up and then I'd get new hope and, and have a high point, maybe on a first sale, uh, you know, and then further on, it would be just back and forth, up and down. And again, it's so, so true. Abe just, you know, writes in again, you got to keep going no matter what. And business in general is a huge roller coaster, even more so in the beginning. So if you're doing this and you're starting out, make sure you got someone who, who can support you and encourage you in that. And then finally, uh, Abe writes, you know, for his third piece, this is something that my wife told me, traffic, traffic, traffic. She told me to create a Word document that says traffic, 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 and have it open whenever your computer starts up to remind you of how important that is. And, and again, so true. I think most people incredibly underestimate that how much work it takes to, to market your business. It's 80, if not 90% of your business starting out in terms of how, you know, the success factor. So, so Abe, awesome pieces of advice. Couldn't have said it better myself. And congratulations on that first sale. That is awesome. Let's go ahead and get into today's episode on my biggest regrets in e-commerce. So my first regret is not building a more diverse traffic stream for our primary store. We had, uh, we had a forum thread recently in, in the e-commerce field private forum where people were talking about uh, you know, the different channels that drive traffic to their store, whether it's paid or, or social, email marketing, organic traffic. And you know, people, usually most stores are going to have one you're going to have one source of traffic that's going to drive, maybe not the lion's share, sometimes the lion's share more than 50%, but at least going to be a clear winner. If you've got a great store, you're going to have it pretty well diversified across those channels. That helps diversify your risk. It makes your you know business more resilient in case one of those channels dried up. And I always knew we were 
our, our, our primary store, Right Channel Radios, was, was pretty reliant on organic traffic. But, but man, looking at that pie chart that I pasted from Google Analytics into the thread there, where almost, you know, you know more than two-thirds of the traffic was from organic traffic, it just... Visually seeing that, it, it, it was hard to see. It was hard to post in the forum, especially. So that's one, you know, regret number one for me is not building a more diverse stream of traffic. It's really important. Starting out, I think working one of those channels, the one that you can do best, is, is usually how most people get started. But what I'm learning more and more is to really scale that business to take it to the next level and to create a business that's a lot, you know, much sounder and foundationally stronger. You got to start diversifying into other traffic channels. Regret number two, and this kind of ties in a little bit as well, not picking a niche that was easier to scale up and and grow. Um, and again, some of this I've, I've maybe mentioned before on the podcast, but if you've got a lower margin business, a drop shipping business, which is what we do, it is incredibly, it's great starting out because it's low risk. You can test things without having to invest a lot of capital, but but it is really hard to grow with paid traffic. Because the margins are lower, you know, your dropshipping margins on average are going to be between 10 and 30%. And man, paid traffic really starts to work at about that 25% margin level, you know, kind of discounting long lifetime value of a customer. But if you're in that range, which, which we kind of are, it's hard to grow with paid. So that really leads you into doing SEO because that's, you know, one of the ways that makes more sense. Hence why, why I build a business pretty reliant on, on SEO over the years. So that's one thing that makes it, when you think about scaling a business, to think about what do your margins look like? Second one, what's your lifetime value of a customer look like? You know, we have, for, our, for the right generators business, we have some repeat business, you know, a, a reasonable level, but it's definitely not enormous. Looking at my next business down the line, having customers that come back is so powerful because it increases your lifetime value. It increases uh, how much you can afford to spend to acquire a customer. Uh, and it also makes things like, really, you always want to provide excellent customer service, but providing just top-notch concierge, that seems to be the buzzword of, of 2014, 2015 in some industries, but, but really just incredible service is so much easier when you know your customer is going to appreciate that, going to remember you, and they're going to need something in the future down the line. You know, and then finally, looking at my niche is looking at some of the margins buying products when we drop ship them, looking to buy those and bring those in house and stock them. A lot of the margins there, the increase we would see from buying them wholesale and stocking them, they're not that impressive. It's a lot harder for us in that in that niche too to go into a warehouse because the increased profit we see almost isn't worth the hassle. So I wish I had sat down and, and thought through that early on and said, okay, hey, you'll drop ship this Radio X for X percent. How much can I save if I buy it in bulk and stock it myself? Oh, you'll only give me a 5% discount? That's going to be problematic if I ever want to expand in the future. So that's regret number two. Regret number three is not providing better consistent service in terms of customer service, especially, especially, I think we do a great job of giving customer service to, to, to our customers, but particularly for our best B2B customers, our business-to-business customers. And these are the guys that, that, you know, come in and they order a ton of radios for a huge, you know, a, a huge operation, a farming operation they have uh, twice a year. And they're guys where early on, I should have been segmenting them, having processes in place, building relationships with them, uh, following up with them on a, you know, a quarterly or a six-month basis, making sure that they had a phone number where whenever they called night or day, they could at least get one of our team members or at least a live person that could, could take a message or place an order. And, and I think back 
you know, we've, we've been all over the place with our, our phone support in terms of, well, sometimes we offer it. And then for a year we, we kind of didn't. And then, and I feel like we lost a lot of uh, probably B2B customers and that people that we worked with for a while, but maybe couldn't get in touch with us at, you know, exactly when they needed to. And we just didn't nurture those relationships well. So it's something I look back on and we're going to be doing better uh, with the new, new launch of our site, but uh, a real pain point for us. So take care of, I mean, again, it's not just about good customer service, which I think we, we do a good job of, but take extraordinarily good care of your, your most profitable customers and make that, make that experience for them very consistent. Regret number four, and this is one we've touched on in past podcast episodes, but wasting my time with the technical side of the business, and primarily uh, one that stands out for me here is, is learning Magento. And again, I won't rehash this. We'll link up to the episode that Bill and I did on you know, the benefits, pros and cons of hosted carts versus self-hosted carts. But um, yeah, I just spent so, I've spent so much time wrestling with, with Magento and with servers and with things that as a small company with a handful of employees, it's not a good use of my time. And I think there's an important balance here. Um, I think knowing the basics of your infrastructure, having some basic working knowledge of how the web works, how HTML and CSS work, you know, especially, you know, how to set up really important software in your business and manage it. These are important technical things to understand. But do you really need to know the ins and outs of, of how to configure a Magento shipping module in the code base to you know, be able to succeed here? No. <laughs> you, know, you either need to, to go on a hosted solution if you're spending way too much time on that because it's not going to be what drives your business. Or if you're at scale and that makes sense to you and, and you have, the, you have the, uh, you know, the budget and uh, the business to support that, hire someone as a contractor full-time to take care of it. So, so wasted a lot of time on that. Uh, and that's, that's my fourth regret. Regret number five is, is not focusing as much on the bottom line as I should versus the top line. And I wanted, I'd like to do kind of probably an entire podcast episode about this. And what do I mean by bottom line versus top line? Most people will probably know, but top line is revenue. Top line is the money that you bring before you pay any of your expenses, before you pay for any of your products and your, your team or your software, any of that. Bottom line is your net income, what you actually keep at the end of the day. And there's such a huge huge focus on top line. People talk about businesses as seven figure businesses or eight figure businesses. That's not how much people make. <laughs> it sounds higher and it's more impressive, which is why people use it. Myself included, I'm, I'm guilty of this as well, but really it's the bottom line that is, that's so important. And when I look at things, uh, a lot of times, what's the, the number one metric I probably look at every month is what is revenue? What was revenue? What was revenue? And, and yeah, I look at the, the net income, but you should be doing it the other way around. Flip the income statement upside down and focus on what did I make this month? Forget about revenue. I mean, but that's start that analysis at the end of every financial period when you're looking at that is what was the bottom line? And work your way back up and look to that. So uh, some of my biggest wins, uh, kind of maybe a, a couple of years into the business, we're centered around this press, uh, testing prices, really focusing on, okay, well, if we increase, probably talked about the case study in the past where we increased our prices by 10 to 15% on our, our top, you know, you know, maybe 25 or 30 products, and it increased net income by like a third. It, it was really amazing because, we won't get into it, but the, the lower your margins are, the bigger impact a price increase has. I mean, that's how I brought on my first full-time employee was by just doing a price increase. And it's something I've known is powerful, something I've known is important, but for whatever reason, I've been not as good at it as I should have over the last last couple of years, especially. So I like to have kind of areas of focus throughout the year. Uh, in 2015, for me, my two areas of focus are email and margin. 
those are my two areas of focus. And so regret, hopefully I won't carry through the rest of 2015. Regret number six, not being more data driven with initiatives and really sticking with them long term. If you've got a store or a business, which of course so many of you do, you're going to, you're almost certainly going to know what I talk about here. And that is, you look at your website and you think, huh, well, you know what? I really don't like this layout here. I, I, it probably makes more sense to change this around. Maybe maybe we'll change the navigation or we'll change we'll change where we put the video or we'll put a video on the homepage. And you, you make these random tweaks because you feel in your gut like they're good. And maybe sometimes you A-B test them, sometimes you don't. And then you're sitting there three months later and you think, I spent all this time and work implementing these changes. Did they help? Like, did they actually make the difference that we wanted to? And you don't know. <laughs> and and it's really frustrating because sometimes you can, but a lot of times you have no idea. And so for me, being data-driven is something I, I want to be a lot better at going forward. And this is hard because the way you do this is before you make a big change, and I've talked about in the past, you can't test everything, but as much as you possibly reasonably can, if you're going to make a change in something, have a hypothesis, say, hey, I think putting an about us video on the homepage is going to increase conversion. And then you say, well, okay, that's great. What kind of experiment can we set up to do this? And how are we going to measure the results? So before you implement anything, have a written plan where you're going to say, we're going to do this for X period of time, and we're only going to leave it data X says Y. And it's hard to do here. And it's, again, it's one of my biggest regrets, haven't done it. But I think it's really important. And looking at people who are successful, that can really scale businesses, this is something they're really, really good at. Finally, regret number seven is not having a proprietary product to sell. And I know this is something I've been talking about for the last year or so. Uh, when I sold trollingmotors.net last year, it's, it's wow, crazy. Almost been exactly a year since we sold that. You know, that was one of the reasons I sold the business. And, and it's amazing how time can creep up on you've been busy with, you know, e-commerce fuel and the, the new redesign of, of right channel radios. But looking at that, having a proprietary product, I really think is going to be a cornerstone of any business in, in five years. I've talked about drop shipping, how I think that is getting to be a, a much harder business to make, to really build a viable business in, in today's competitive environment. And I think you could still drop ship, but I think that needs to be a secondary component to your business where maybe you have some core in-house products that you sell and you drop ship a lot of the accessories so you don't have to keep them in stock. I think that can work well, but man, not having a proprietary product, it's going to be essential for any small business in the next, uh, the next three to five years. So, and it opens up so many doors as well. Uh, again, not to, not to beat the horse here. If, if you've heard me say it, but you have a proprietary product, all of a sudden you can brand that, you can sell it on Amazon without getting your, Amazon becomes a channel that is attractive to you because you don't have to compete with other people on it and your margins don't get reduced to zero. You know, you'll almost certainly have higher profit margins if you create your own product, which allows you to scale up with paid traffic much more effectively, which again, another one of my regrets couldn't do with a lower margin business. So it solves a lot of those problems that are really really face, you know, problems that I've seen in the last, uh, you know, really kind of as I've grown as an e-commerce store owner and also that really plague, I think, the environment that we're in today, the, the increasingly competitive Amazon-fueled market. So, so those are my regrets, seven regrets. Next week, I want to come back and it hasn't been all weeping and gnashing of teeth. <laughs> it's been, you know, I, I, there's been a lot of good stuff too. So, so next week I'm going to be tackling, uh, you know, really the, the wins, the big wins I've had in e-commerce over the years. So hopefully, uh, hopefully this was useful. Hopefully it wasn't too doom and gloom. And uh, if it was stick around until next week, we'll go ahead and hit the wins then. 
that's going to do it for this week. But if you're interested in launching your own e-commerce store, download my free 55-page ebook on niche selection and getting started. And if you're a bit more experienced, look into the e-commerce fuel private forum. It's a vetted community for store owners with at least 4,000 in monthly sales or industry professionals with at least a year or more experience in the e-commerce space. You can learn more about both the ebook and the form at ecommercefuel.com. Thanks so much for listening, and I'm looking forward to seeing you again next Friday.